This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs to work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my co-host, Alan, from Pixel Partners HQ. How are you, dude? Dude, I am... Awesome. Excellent. I'm really, really good. You know, it's been lovely weather in Sydney over the last yeah, week. Yeah, cool. And I got to spend some time up in the mountains. Yeah, and you talked about that last week, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what I, what I don't think I did get to talk about last week was that I actually got to get behind my camera and just explore colours and textures of nature. Mm-hmm. So I did like an hour and a half bushwalk with the sole purpose of capturing images of shape and colour. And uh, have a look on our Pixel Partners Facebook page. I put up a post, I think it's about 30-odd images, all shot with a 105 macro. It's, I think they're beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you put them up. I'm just trying to Google it quickly. <laughs> all right, I'll check them out shortly, man. Um, well, that's good. And what have you been up to, mate? What I've been up to, just uh, organising uh, to go to Brisbane for a, a three-day marketing event on podcasting so yeah i think you know look we started this podcast to really you know help designers and businesses like we just said in the intro (laughs) to uh, work as one and and and, you know design can make your business more profitable and realistically we don't do a lot in our own podcast as far as marketing goes we just put content out each week and we don't really you know have a call to action or we don't promote you know individual content upsells in our podcast episodes like we could do a whole lot more so i'm just going to go up there to learn about what everybody else does and yeah see what we can implement into our podcast yeah, look, I mean, you and I made a conscious decision not to not to make this a, a pitch yeah. fest where we were just constantly promoting exactly. ourselves. We made a decision just to deliver really, really high-value content. And, you know, I get feedback from, from my clients who are designers, and you, I know, get feedback from business owners saying that they've got benefit out of the, out of the podcast. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you got it. But also, I think it would be good just to to get out and, and meet new new businesses and new people, you know. I think it's going to be uh, just a good experience, full stop. I like going to these type of events. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to make an effort to tag along. I just I have to uh, check my schedule as, as we were chatting earlier. So before we get into today, I've just looked at your photos, mate. They're incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, just a little bit of practice. Yeah, yeah 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, 20 odd years. Man, they're really cool. Yeah. It was really, really interesting because because it is a, uh, a macro lens. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was looking for really tiny elements in amongst nature. Yeah. And I mean, this was literally an, an hour and a half maximum, plus I did other photos of family and things yep. like that, uh, on, a, on a bushwalk at Wentworth Falls in Sydney, Australia. Mm. So, and you can see there's some really amazing inspiration there for design, whether it be yeah. colours or textures or, I mean, nature's colour combinations are just phenomenal. And the detail in the, you know, geez, some of these things are incredible, the, the detail in the plants. But wow, man, yeah, really good composition, colour, everything. You're the, you're the man. Yeah, nice. 
Well, check it out. You know, just type in Pixel Partners into Facebook and you should come across our... Uh, yeah. One word. Uh, yes, one word. Uh, you should come across our page and uh, you'll find it posted. It was posted in October. So. Yeah, killer. Awesome, man. All right, what are we talking about today? I have an announcement. Oh, yeah, I'm an artsy fartsy wanker designer, and I'm and I'm better than you are. <laughs> I love it. Isn't it funny how the designers have that kind of image associated with them? Yeah, look, the title of this podcast has is is not meant to be offensive in any way, shape, or form. Tongue in cheek. It, it is. It is, and it was it was kind of stimulated by you and I. You know, we're, we're coming up to a hundred episodes, and we were thinking back to why we started this podcast and some of the background research that we did, which was listening to a whole heap of design podcasts, mm. right? And although some of them had some great content, we did notice that there was a little bit of. Oh, look, I'm just going to say it. There was just a little bit of wank, a little bit of ego involved in some of the podcasts. And even for me, being within the industry, I listened to them and it was like listening to another language, you know. So Yeah, it's funny, man. Like to me, you know, I just can't stand all that design talk, you know, design jargon. Like I'll give you an example. There is a... What, like, like make it pop? Make it, yeah, I know you love that one. But no, to go, you know, one step deeper and... Here's a really good example. I've found this website. I'm going to say it because I love this website, designjargonbullshit.com. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. I think you're probably about to give us our first explicit rating ever. Yeah, we are indeed, yeah. But, yeah, one of, I'm, I'm going to read them out and, you know, please check out that website. It's just awesome. But one of them is juxtaposed to a contemporary figure such as a, a dynamic and ever-changing 16 by 9 frame to create a conceptual and visual imbalance. Like, what the? <laughs> I have, yeah, I have no idea what that means, right? Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, you know, that some business owners and some clients have this perception that that is what graphic designers are like, yeah. you know, and I, it's not necessarily um, that the designers are like that. Maybe there's a, a an interpreter needed in between in some cases because there isn't, they don't speak the same language, which is something that you and I endeavour to do is, is, is talk about both sides of the That's coin, true. right? And then, you know, no offence if you are an artsy-fartsy wanker designer, but there are people out there that, you know, do express a lot of their work with with you know, with this flair that may be considered a little wanky, right? And it may, it's certainly, you know, for most, not intentional, right? It's just the way they express it. And then obviously there are the egos. There are some egos, and I do have friends and colleagues, hi guys, out there that are that type of, of designer, you know, where their, their ego has become so inflated that they're unwilling to, you know, have more of that consultative design process they want it their way and their way is the best and they have this flamboyant way of expressing it yeah understood yeah look i've got a client at the moment he's not an artsy fartsy wanker designer at all he's actually like a, an architect but he has an incredible way with words that it's not wanky but geez he's articulate man and like his new website that we're designing for him the main usp is you know we make the invisible visible i reckon that's just really cool you know and then under that you know his, his tagline is when you take the time to get to know someone and get the sense of the magic of that person brings to the world trust is established communication becomes effortless and the perfect design seems to arise on its own like to me that's just super cool and it really articulates what he's all about so that to me is not artsy fartsy wank at all 
talk, but really articulate. And I think a lot of designers and architectures can talk in that kind of way. Yeah, that's nice. That, yeah. You, you know, and, and it is. It's, it's, it's seeking to understand. You know, it's, it's the same idea with our one-shot, one-kill policy at Pixel mm. Partners. You know, it's seeking to understand the customer and the brief in such detail that when you're doing your sketches and then, you know, pen to paper and, and going digital, that the design that evolves from that is so aligned with the client's vision that they sign off on it straight away, you know. So, so it's, it's seeking to understand. It's putting egos aside. And, and look, you know, I've got, to, I've got to point out just two quick things. Firstly, my personal opinion, right, and this has got nothing to do with the industry, is that design and photography can be perceived on two different sides of a balanced equation, right? Mm-hmm. One is the technical side of the, the, the trade or the, the, the work that we do. And the other is the creative or the artistic side. And I've never seen myself on that artistic side, right? To me, it's just like being a, a tradie or a, or a contractor, a, you know, a, a carpenter or a joiner or a plumber or an electrician, you know, it's a set of tools and a set of rules to create something that has a purpose. I couldn't agree more. And I actually didn't like being labelled a designer when I first became a designer because it was everything but that, you know. It really did have that stigma of being artsy-fartsy and, you know, a wanker. And I didn't want to have that at all. So I would often tell people I'm a garbo (laughs) if I just met them at a club or whatever, you know. Well, I've got to say, when I was younger, I actually used to get a little bit of fear and anxiety when people used to look at my work and say, oh, you're so creative, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't. You know, I didn't feel like I was creative. I just felt like I had, you know, like I said, I had taken the tools and the requirements and I generated an image by working with the camera and the lighting that was what was required for that particular job or that particular client. And when people said to me that I was creative, I got fearful that somebody was going to come and ask me to do something creative and I wouldn't be able to achieve it. Ah, yeah, fair enough. That's really, really cool of you to say that, man. Yeah. That's awesome. But, you know, having said that, like, I think the reason that designers have this stigma is because it usually does take, you know, that kind of personality to be a little bit different, not so, you know, commercial and sport loving. They are generally, you know, so creative that they think differently. And we need those people. And those people have created a lot of amazing things in the design world and the arts world that are just, you know, beautiful, either beautiful to look at or, you know, we're talking either paintings or drawings or 3D sculptures, etc. or also, you know, really good commercial design. And I think that's kind of lacking today in modern design trends where everything's flat and uncreative. And to me, we need more of that creativity, you know, injected into design. And it comes from a lot of the time, these artsy-fartsy wanker designers. Look, I, I think that the thing is it's it's those few that get noticed, 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So if you use the 80-20 rule, right, there's yep, probably yep. 80% of us who, you know, just get in and we do what needs to be done. And then there's 20% that have that real creative flair. Yeah. And then if you 80-20 again and you get the top 4%, they're the, you know, flamboyant, outspoken, you know, really out there creative people. And they're sure. the ones that get noticed because I know so many people that are so creative and develop both unbelievable artistic works and other people that develop, you know, supremely creative commercial works, mm. but they're very humble. They're very, you know, they, they don't, they're not outspoken and, you know, they don't push back, for example, when people give them feedback, yeah. you know, on, on a commercial point of view where maybe they should a little bit, you know, so it's probably those, those, that 4% that gets noticed. Yeah, got it. And I, I would have to say, I know a lot of designers that are introverts, right? And they are often the best designers. And, yeah, they won't be outspoken at all. So, you know, I just think there's a real uh, need for designers to, to probably speak, like you said, speak up a little bit more and, and push back more. Because, yeah, honestly, they're, they're probably the best designers that just get walked over. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting you say that because when Pixel Partners first came into existence, one of my core principles that I wanted to have in the business was that there would be a direct communication channel between the lead designer and the customer. Mm. Right. And what we discovered is some of the best designers we had were so introverted and so quiet yeah. that they just they weren't comfortable doing that. So we had to put that intermediary position in place there that, go. that yeah. design manager that project manager you have this you have a similar thing and you know what i've come to discover is that as long as you know say for example i'm dealing with a client as long as i can see the vision that the designer has in the design i'm willing to stand up for them you know i'm willing to to turn around and they would probably just make the change for the sake of well the customer asked for the change does yeah. that make yeah does that make sense a hundred percent yeah yeah yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, I didn't realise you did it for that reason because the, to bridge the gap of the introvert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, one of my best team at the moment barely says three words in a day. Everybody yeah. in the team loves him. When you do talk to him, he's a wonderful yeah. guy. His work is, you know, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he got three one-shot, one-kills yesterday. Right? Oh, man, that's killer. You know, like he just – he does – phenomenal work but if i asked him to talk to clients that's it he'd be out the door in a flash but is he a living identity with volume and mystery that changes everything it swallows <laughs> <laughs> you're still reading that design <laughs> jargon bullshit.com aren't you? i am i am indeed mate i think it's hilarious <laughs> it is great it is great listen I, i'm gonna confess to one thing right i do proclaim to try and put my ego aside when i'm working with design right? Because mm -hmm. it's very easy to do a design that I think is wonderful or that I think the team has done a wonderful job, present it to the client. The client's not necessarily happy with it. And I try and push the design on the client because of ego, because I think what we've done is is correct, right? Yeah. But, you know, so, so I try and profess that I, I don't put that ego in place, but I do catch myself out sometimes so excited about a design that we've had that I, I, I stop listening and I stop understanding what the client's needs are. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, that's pushing me to that artsy fartsy wanker category you know yeah. where I, I think that my design is the best no matter what and it takes a lot of effort to to really stop and say okay well we have done wonderful work however it needs to also meet the customer's expectations and more mm. importantly convert get a good result 
yeah, convert in whatever means that is and get good results, you know. Yeah, it's hard. But it has to embody the spirit and possibility. <laughs> I can't do it. I was going to read a quote from the design jargon. But well, I'm going to do another one quickly. This is a little bit longer, but a material metaphor is the un. Uh, sorry, unifying theory of a rationalized space and a system of motion. The material is grounded in tactile reality, inspired by the study of paper and ink, yet technologically advanced and open to imagination and magic. Can you say that with a lisp and your hand on your hip? <laughs> You're terrible. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's a flamboyant, you know. It is, yeah designer uh, wank it, look you know it's those kind of things and and you know we're reading them and they're probably out of context right they're probably in part of a much Definitely. longer write-up that has you know a, a purpose and when you take them out of context they do seem a, a little bit wanky oh wanky right yeah, exactly. but but you know I, I guess what we're trying to get at here is firstly business owners customers of design consumers of design don't assume that all of us are like that Right, and that may be what you want. You may want somebody, you know, really flamboyant to take you to a whole other level of of creativity. And if you are, you've got to be open and willing to to go along for the ride, you know. And designers don't fulfil on this preconception, you know. Make sure that we we understand and we really take ownership of the job as if it was for for our own works or for our own product. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, really, you know, we as a good designer, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or flamboyant, you don't need to talk the, the, the wanker jargon. And really, most designers aren't wankers anyway. And as long as you get a good result, that's the only thing that really matters in the design world from a client's perspective. But, you know, Greg, it's not, <laughs> you're right, but it's not just the wanker jargon, right? Like, we fall into this trap all the time where, you know, we'll say to a consumer, listen, you know, we need this logo and these icons as a vector file. Can you supply them to me in EPS, say, backsaved as version Adobe X 8.1? Yeah, but that's, that's not wanker jargon. That's just, you know, like shop talk. It, it is, but can you imagine it from the customer's point of view who has no idea what you're talking about? You know, yeah, it's like, good point, yeah. And I often, I'm mindful of that when I'm writing emails to clients. I, I'll avoid all that talk if possible. Yeah, yeah. So, so just remember that sometimes the shop talk that we have can come across a little intimidating to the consumer of our, yeah. of our works. They may or may not. I mean, we use it every day, but we don't realise that it doesn't necessarily... It sounds like that wanky designer talk when we when we go too far down that, that track. Got it, got it, yeah. So just be aware of, of your surroundings and what you're actually saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. so... Cool. Are you one of those artsy-fartsy design wankers? Or? I'm not, I'm not, no. Like I said, like I'm, I really try to avoid that label. I really just, I like to get a good result. I love to listen to a client to really understand what they want. And then the focus will be on delivering a result that's suited to them. Not, you know, I'll put my ego aside and, and just try and focus on them more so than me. And I think the wanky designers focus more on themselves than the client. Yeah, and they're needed. They are needed in this industry. They're the ones that push the threshold. They're the ones that often come up with complete new design trends and directions, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, just because of that 4%, that 80-20, 80-20, 
doesn't mean we're all like that, you know. Exactly. So I'm going to leave you with one more quote from Design Jargon Bullshit. So dot com dot com, yeah. And reach out to us, guys, if you, if you hear this. I love you, love your work. So the new leaf-like symbol evokes policy level ideas. Ideas such as growth, protection, shelter, and inclusiveness. Huh? What? <laughs> I love it. Well, there you go. Look, just to wrap up, right, in preparing for this episode, you also found designersarewankers.com. I did. I think, you know, designers, we need to do something it's about a book. this, you know. They've got a book. They've got a book. Yeah, Designers Are Wankers, yeah. Get it on uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I haven't actually read the site, but I, I think I'm going to have a look. I think that's a little bit tongue in cheek. That one. That's not so much a. Uh, that's not so much the design jargon bullshit dot com. But uh, yeah. Anyway, listener, I hope this has been helpful or at least entertaining. Yes. Well, it was meant to be a little <laughs> bit entertaining today. Uh, entertaining, insightful, helpful. That's what we're here for. We don't want to be labelled as arty farty design wankers. So we hope you don't think we are. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.